The Jericho Network on Westwood One. This is One on One with Mitch LaFond, the podcast where the rockers talk, part of the Talking Metal Digital Podcasting Network. Now, here's your host, Mitch LaFond. Welcome to One on One with Miss LaFon and joining me on this episode, it is Quiet Riot guitarist Alex Grossi. We talk about his new band, Hollywood Scars, that features James Durbin on vocals, former American Idol contestant. We also look at Quiet Riot's new album, Road Rage, that comes out in April 2017. And we take a look back at his time with Beautiful Creatures, Hotel Diablo, and a lot more. Before checking out Alex, please check me out on Twitter at Mitch LaFon, M-I-T-C-H-L-A-F-O-N, and with that, here is the one, the only, guitarist Alex Grossi. We are speaking with Quiet Riot guitarist Alex Grossi, also of Hollywood Scars with James Durbin. Alex, always a pleasure. We, we've known each other quite, quite a long time, and it's always fun. Always fun. Yeah. Yes, it's great to, be, great to hear your voice again, Mr. LaFon. And uh, yeah, it's good to be back. And uh, Actually, I, I think it's my first time technically on your show. We've done a lot of written stuff in the past, but um, yeah, yeah, no, it's, I'm, I'm I'm really excited to be uh, to be here and getting my my day of press underway with you, and uh, here yeah. we are. Yeah, here we are. No, no, yeah, we we've and I do want to talk about because we you also book bands, and I I do want to talk about that at some point because I find that mm-hmm. fascinating, and um, you know I I always love it when fans go, oh, this guy, these guys aren't playing my town, they hate Montreal, they hate, New- <laughs> and it's like. Oh yeah, that's not how it works, folks. So we'll we'll get to that. But let's start with Hollywood Scars, um, uh, the new album, the new EP is is uh, coming out soon. It actually Uh, actually came out last week. It came out. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yes, it's out on iTunes and Amazon right now. Um, And the first single, "Till Death," went to radio last Friday. Yes, and let me just uh, correct that. I was thinking of the Quiet Riot album is coming out in April. Because that uh, comes out in April, yes. yes. So map to the Holly maps to the Hollywood scars. So so talk to me about this in terms of you know you've done Hotel Diablo and you and there was of course Beautiful Creatures. What's sort of the plan with Hollywood scars? Well, I met James Durbin the night he sang with with Judas Priest on American Idol because we had a mutual business acquaintance and I went to his after party show and I met him and I I really really a sweet sweet kid kind of overwhelmed and. Um, we just sort of stayed in touch off and on. And then this past October, he was out here in Las Vegas where I now live. And he was doing this like kind of variety show with people from American Idol, people from the voice, that kind of thing. I'm doing all covers, kind of like a casino gig for tourists. And, um, you know, it was, it was okay. It was good. I mean, he's saying perfectly, obviously, but I was just thinking to myself, I said, you know, this kid's 27 years old. He, he still hasn't put out his, his masterpiece record. I go, I got all these songs I've been demoing. I'm going to, I'm going to get it. You know, I, so I talked about for the show. I said, James, I'm going to send you a couple of songs. Dude, I'm blank slate. I'm not going to tell you what, I have no idea what they're going to be about. They're just instrumentals. They're all done. Just do your thing. So I sent him three songs. And about 48 hours later, he sent them back to me with finished vocals that were stellar. And I said, wow, I sent him three more. Same thing. Send them three more. Next thing you know, we have 10 songs perfectly demoed. And I said, you know what? I, we got to make a record. So I, I, I got in touch with New Ocean Media. It's a great company um, for distribution. And um, we recorded out here in Vegas in two weeks, did the whole thing. Um, just, just him and I, and we had a, a producer named AJ St. James, who's actually from Canada. He's Canadian, from Toronto. Um, he produced it. 
And, um, you know, we just kind of kept it all in house. We own it. We own it. We're responsible for it, good and bad. And, um, new ocean, you know, blasted it out there and it's, it's just, it's already really growing legs. I mean, it's, it's been added at a bunch of different stations all over the world. And, um, you know, it's really a reflection of the way we both came up in very different ways. Like I started touring in a van when I was 17 years old and literally did it the old fashioned way. There was no internet. There was no Facebook. There was no Twitter. There was no Instagram. I went out and we played, we brought the music to the people. He came out in a way where he was literally thrown into everyone's living room through American Idol and people were rooting for him because he was bringing heavy metal into mainstream America. I mean, think about whenever else were you going to hear Zach Wilde or Judas Priest on, you know, in between Carrie Underwood and, you know, Bruno Mars or whatever. So it really, um, it really, uh, it really came together organically and, and, and the whole theme of it is basically how this business can really, if you don't love what you do and believe in it, if you really chew you up and spit you out. And we both have been through our uh, different, you know, ups and downs in our careers on different levels, taking a different road that we, you know, taking different roads from each other. So, you know, if you listen to the record, you'll kind of hear that lyrically. Yeah, I've actually checked out the record. It's, it's, it's quite good. So uh, talk to me, though, about that American Idol tag that he has on him, because there is sort of this sneer in the metal community or the hard rock community that, that if you were on American Idol, you, you didn't pay your dues and you're not a legitimate artist, where, whereas, you know, in the dance world or in the, the, the pop world, that, that's the place to be. Um, is that something you sense from James, that, that he's fighting for credibility? No, not, no. not you know what? I, I think a lot of, I think you're right about that because when I put, when the initial press release went out about Quiet Riot, guitar player and American Idol, singer team up i got emails saying oh you're playing with the enemy and they american idol's terrible for music and i'm sitting there going you know what anytime music can be can you you could teach an eight-year-old kid who rob halford is he's doing something right i don't care if it's american idol or guitar hero or vh1 classics for that matter or whatever um but yeah no in the metal community yeah there's the there's the process that aerosmith and guns and roses made it by just you know you take it to the streets and you know there wasn't reality singing back then but Who's to say if there was, some of those guys wouldn't have been on it anyway. You know, um, you know, I think it's not about being an idol. It's what you do with it afterwards. And one thing about James is a lot of these idol guys just either decided to fade into obscurity, stop making music, or they want to go on a reality show. James has consistently put out an album every year since 2011. Even, when, even after the major labels dropped him, he would still put out records on his own, make his own videos, and to the true art of it. So that I respect. I don't care if you're singing country or rap or hip hop or, you know, or, or adult contemporary James kept true to rock and roll and kept it going. Even when it was not turning a profit and he wasn't getting any fame and he was playing for an A people, you know, that's what I really respected about him because he does it for the true love of the art. So, you know, American Idol or not, it's, I, I look at the artists, not where they came from, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I got to say from, from my perspective is, you have to grab the opportunity that's presented to you. So when you were coming up and you were in a van, that was the opportunity. So that's what you grabbed. Mm-hmm. And when he came up, American Idols, yeah. I mean, that. I, yeah. I think that's just smart to grab what's in front of you. And Yeah. You know, you know in this industry, yeah, in this industry, the way it is nowadays, you got to take what you can get because it is, it's eating itself alive. I mean, people barely pay for music anymore. And, you know, you get, a, you get offered a commercial for tampons or something. They want to use your song. You know what? You take it. You do it because you gotta, yes. you know, when, when, when you're, 
when you're, you know, hanging out by a thread and you and, and, and people are, aren't paying attention to what you're doing and you get offered an opportunity to reach the masses, whether it be through a band that gets a record deal. In my case, when I was like 19 and my band signed to Atlantic and we got all of a sudden, we got, you know, their checkbook in our back pocket and we're going on tour with Matchbox 20 and Sugar Ray and it was a dream come true. In James's case, he got, he kept winning, winning the rounds of Idol and he eventually was a finalist. And the nation kind of got behind him, and especially the rock world, because I remember um, my friend goes, he goes, dude, you see this kid on Idol singing Judas Priest? I'm like, what? American Idol, Judas Priest? And I watched it, I'm like, man, I, I would never would have thought in a million years I would hear Judas Priest at 8 o'clock on Fox in my living room. Yeah, no. Never. Wasn't that great? You know? It, it was great, yeah. But it, and, 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 it, and it really breathed new life into a lot of these older bands, you know, that, you know, I mean... I mean, they actually, Judas Priest called and said, we want to perform with James on the finale. And he, and, and, uh, he said, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, he actually still talks to Rob Halford all the time. It's really cool. I mean, he, they, I mean, when Rob Halford respects you, and that guy definitely came up the old school way, you know, he, you know, he respects the art, the art, the artistry of the whole thing. You know, you're doing something right. So when, when metal fans say, oh, you know, American Idol, blah, 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 I go, okay, but you know what? I guarantee you, if you had the opportunity to do something like that, you'd do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, and because you know what's funny you, also, yeah. it's it's you know, Kiss has done American Idol. They've embraced it. Judas mm-hmm. Priest has done American Idol, and oh, a band named Queen has a guy from American Idol. Yeah, so, yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, that, that little band named Queen, exactly. Right. Yeah. So you know, and in in terms of you know, you mentioned that there's not a lot of money these days. It's true that there's not a lot of money in sort of selling a song you know, a single like there used to be in the old days. Yeah. But the money is still there. It's just monetized differently. You got to get it into a a, a video game and you've got to get it into a commercial. Like the placements. Yeah. I mean, I mean the biggest money, beautiful creature I've ever made during my tenure after DJ Ashville left, I replaced him and I wrote their second record deuce. And, you know, it came out, you know, we made a little bit of money here and there. And then this little TV show called sons of anarchy called us. We never heard they were, they was the first season. We never heard of them. And they said, we want to use one of your songs. They, they cut us a very nice check. And, you know, I said, I've never heard of this show. I, I don't, you know, I've never, I, I've never even seen an episode of it, except for the one that our music's in. Now, that show, the, this was 2008. This is almost 10 years ago. I'm still getting checks from that. Now, that was a good, that was a good decision. And without the power of television, be it Sons of Anarchy or American Idol, you, you, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be here, you know? So. Uh. Yeah, that's important. And so let, let, let me yeah. move right in then to uh, Beautiful Creatures because mm-hmm. uh, Deuce is being re-released, I believe, in March, actually, of this year. March a... 31st. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be out on iTunes and Amazon. We're, um, we're re-recording some of it. We got the, we got the, we got the rights to it back, basically. Right. Uh, the first record with DJ is on Warner Brothers, and they're not, that ain't going anywhere. That's going to be with Warner Brothers until the end of time. Um, but the second one, we, you know, after 10 years, our record contract was up and we got the masters back and, uh, you know, Anthony Fox, our rhythm guitar player is really, uh, you know, he's become quite the mix engineer mixing for, you know, he did, did the new night ranger record. He did, uh, the Steven Tyler solo record, um, all these guitar hero games. So he really came into his own in the past 10 years as an engineer. So I said, look, let's just throw it out there again. We'll, we'll maybe put a new song or two on it, some unreleased stuff, some B-sides, and maybe we call it Deuce, we're calling it Deuce Deluxe. And um, I've, I listened to about, I think I have about 10 of the songs on my laptop already. I've been getting about one a day from Anthony. He lives in Nashville now. And it sounds phenomenal. I mean, it sounds like, I think it sounds better than the first record. You know, and that record was done for a couple, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars, you know. 
Uh, so. By the way, speaking of Anthony and the new Night Ranger, I was just sent a advance of it yesterday. It is a phenomenal album, so you can uh, congratulate him for me because it, it just sounds killer. Um, but in terms of beautiful oh, creatures, yeah. does this mean anything in terms of getting some shows and sort of reuniting for a, a club run, or is it just we'll drop the album? That's it. No, no. There's, there's, we, it's funny. This, the way this whole thing came came about, Mitch. We were um, on the last last fall's Monster Rock cruise. Quiet Riot was on there. Uh, L.A. Guns, which has Kenny Queen, had Kenny Queens on bass, was on there, and Bang Tango was on there with Joel Estee. And we're we're all sitting there in the late of the sun one day, and I go, "What time do you play tonight?" Kenny goes, "We play at 8. I go, "Well, Quiet Riot plays at ten, and then Bang Tango plays in one of the clubs at eleven. I go, "We could out, we could we could do a song if we all if we all run to the Bang Tango show." So and Joe's like, "Sure, let's do it." You know, um, we hadn't played together in geez, twelve years, something like that. 13 years and um we went over the song in the dressing room we did a kick out off the first record and um someone youtubed it and you know when you're out on those cruises your phone or computer doesn't work you have no you're literally cut off from civilization it's kind of nice actually um the second we docked all of our phones blew up like are you guys gonna go on tour because somebody had youtubed it and put it on the put it online before we could get to it and you know it you know, it went kind of went semi-viral, and, and all of a sudden I started getting offers for shows through my booking agency, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, and we talked, and I said, look, I said, I think we could, you know, easily do a club run or maybe a Hollywood show or a, a couple Vegas shows or, you know, maybe do one of the cruises. You know, I don't know. I mean, there's, when you get offers from all over the country, it's hard to string them all together. But um, I think there will be shows, obviously, it would have to be when... Um, when Quiet Riot's not working, because that's, that's my main priority. And, um, but I, I think there will be at least a handful of them. We're going to make sure they're special and they're good and they're not just, you know, us showing to pick up a couple hundred bucks. We're going to do it right, you know? Yeah, that, that, that'll be exciting. Is, I, you know, the last time I saw Beautiful Creatures was at an OzFest in Boston. And, mm-hmm. you know, the band, the band, I don't know if you were with them at that time, but the No, the, I, the, I joined right after. Right after uh, that. DJ quit right after that, yeah. I joined, like, I don't know. Me and DJ literally, I think I passed him in the hallway as he was walking yeah. out, literally. So, you know? See you later, DJ. Um, yeah, yep. Too bad you couldn't replace him on the uh, Guns N' Roses gig. That would have been nice. Uh, <laughs> you know, I did audition for Guns N' Roses in 06. Oh, did you really? I, I, yeah, it's in 2006 when Buckethead quit. Um, I got an email from, out of nowhere from their management that Dizzy, you know, I play with Dizzy and Hookers and Blow, that cover band I right. do. Right, right, and right. Dizzy, Dizzy goes, hey, he goes, hey, uh, you might be getting an email from our manager. I go, who's manager? He goes, GNR. I go, Okay, and I got sure as not sure as shit. I got a I got an email. Learn these songs, come down, and I gave it my best shot. But they ended up hiring Bumblefoot, who's a monster player. I can't play. I could you couldn't you could I, you put a gun to my head. I can't play like that, you know. But the Axel wanted that kind of like a uh, that shred guy that like like Buckethead was. So I think they ended up with him. And then uh, when Robin Sink left, DJ ended up joining. So yeah, no, we we we've always, it's funny. DJ and I have always sort of been circling each other. I, now he lives out here in Vegas too, so I see him. You know, I, I'll go to his events. He comes to mine. We, you know, we're friends. He's totally cool. Always been nothing but a gentleman to me. I think he's great guitar player, good guy. You know. Oh, I, I so agree, just, but just uh, keep him away exactly. from Frankie Benelli. You just never know, right? <laughs> Actually, you know, you know what? <laughs> believe it or not, I think I believe he went to well, Frankie had this. Uh, drum art exhibit that I had. I actually had Steven Adler do as well. And DJ showed up and, we, and Frankie said he was very cool. They, they hung out and got along great. So, you know. Um, b- before yeah. we get about the, the booking and stuff, let, let's just quickly talk about uh, Road Rage for, for a minute if we can. That's the new Quiet Riot album mm-hmm. coming out in April. 
Um, yeah. It's exciting because, you know, the last album that you made was sort of an iTunes-only kind of release or digital-only. Right. Uh, talk to me a little bit about Frontiers Records and, and what they mean, because they do give bands like Quiet Riot a chance to shine, and then they market the hell out of them, which is great. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll be, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I don't know. I've never dealt with Frontiers at all, and even on this, you know, I just turn up and play guitar on the record. I don't know any about the ins and outs. I will say that I have noticed they have excellent distribution, and they've really carved out a niche and corner of the market on this type of music, which it is nice to have, you know, a, a, an album by Night Ranger come out with a proper press, you know, press behind it and everything. It's, it's, it's refreshing because... There's not a lot of labels that are giving this kind of music a, a real fair shake, you know. It's kind of like, oh, they're washed up. But no, they sort of, you know, and, and they're finding newer bands, too, from what I've seen. They have Crazy Licks. They have, uh, yeah. I think, Crash Diet, maybe. I'm not sure. But, you know, you know those, 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 those European sort of throwback to the Sunset Strip bands, but they're like from Sweden, you know. They're, they look like Motley Crue, but they're Swedish, you know, those kind of bands. Yeah, they've got a lot of the about. Swedish bands. They've got... Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Try, uh, Eclipse, that's the one, the one band that they've yeah, got. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they opened for they actually quite quite rise at the Bang Your Head Festival, and um, um, quite rise at the Bang Your Head Festival, and uh, they they were one of the opening bands on the side stage, and I I loved them. They were killer. Yeah, that was, was 2011 in Germany. And uh, their sort of front man, Eric Martinson, is is a killer uh, writer. So if you, he he's great at writing. Anyway, but uh, just in terms of road rage, what was the band sort of going for musically? Were you trying to say, hey, this is the lineup now, and this is the music we make? Or are you saying, all right, let's try to go back to 1983, and let's see if we can make no, it? No, you know, it, it, you'll have to hear it. I really, I don't want to, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but you'll have to hear it. I mean, it's definitely got something for everybody, you know, I mean, you know, it's, it's exactly what you'd expect from a band like you are. Um, you know, it's, it's got the old school type stuff or some newer stuff and it's got, you know, anthemic arena type songs, but also uh, the band's them together a lot longer now. So, you know, a little more selective with songwriting, I would say, um, you know, we all had a hand in it and, and um, you know, we're, you know, we're, I'm excited for it. I'm excited to finally, you know, it's been, the last time I actually had my real stamp on a Quiet Riot album was when I wrote a couple songs for Rehab. I didn't play on Rehab, but I wrote with Kevin before he passed away, and a couple of those songs made it onto the Rehab album in 06. So this is like the first representation of myself in the band. So it's exciting, yeah. I'm looking forward to the end of April when it's actually out there, you know. It's, uh, I'm looking forward exciting. to it, too. But now you've been with them on and off since 2004. You've had a chance yes. to go through uh, a plethora of, of singers, Mark Huff, Scott Vocum, Jizzy Pearl, now Sean. How does Sean stack up in terms of the vocalists you've had to to play with? Well, you of course, you played with Kevin, too. Um, you, well, I mean, you know, in, in all honesty, every, every, everyone, you know, there's only going to be ever going to be one Kevin, and you're, ne we're, you're never going to replace him, so I don't think it's fair to compare anybody to him. You know, I mean, right. that would really be a question. To, that would really be a question for Frankie, because he... Well, not, he not compare him to, a, to, to Kevin, but... How does how does how does Sean fit in to to the band right now? I mean, are you you know happy with him? You, you think he's the guy? He's he's the voice. You know what? Time will tell. I, I honestly don't know because again, it's it's so it's such in the early stages. You never I, you never know what's going to happen in the top survey world of heavy rock, as they say in Spinal Tap. You know, um, so I you know we'll see. You know, I you know I, I all I know is I show up, I play my guitar, I do the best I can. And that's my gig. And, and as long as I do that, I'm happy with myself. And, you know, you can, 
if it's, it's one thing to, to, to sing karaoke or to sing in your bedroom. It's another thing to sing in front of thousands of people every night and have to sell it the way Kevin did. So there's, you know, there's some big shoes to fill and, you know, um, it just, it's just kind of like it take everything one day at a time, you know, now, you know, when, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I can't answer that question to be honest. I don't, I don't know yet. I don't know. When you had done stuff with Adler's appetite, was, was Sean part of that Adler's appetite that you were with? Uh, he, yes, he was for about a year or two. And then, um, he decided to go back to school and we hired Rick Stitch from Canada who did, and I ended up doing Hotel Diablo with. And Rick was definitely, uh, you know, he ended up moving in, into my guest room at my house and we became really close and wrote together. Um, for, unfortunately, you know, he never could really, um, he couldn't stay in America for too long, to be honest with you. Um, he had to go back to Canada, but he's doing very well up there. Um, you know, Rick, Rick really came in. He was a breath, breath of fresh air because, he was the first guy we had that wanted to write original music with Adler. Everybody else that before him, it was just a cover band of GNR. It was a GNR tribute band that happened to have the drummer from GNR in it. Rick really brought it into, and especially because he was so much younger than us. Rick was like 27 when we hired him. And uh, he, he came in and started writing songs, and, and he got Stephen motivated to create music again. And, you know, he really was, was, uh, was really, I think that was the strongest lineup of the band, to be honest with you. Um, not, ju- not just because, you know, he could hit all the notes and all that. It was just because the, you know, the energy of creating new music with Steven. Cause Steven hadn't written songs in 20 years. You know, the last record he played on was Use Your Illusion 2 for one song, you know? Right. Yeah. And, uh, so. now, now Hotel Diablo is something that we have, or I have covered in the past. Is that sort of said and done and now sort of Hollywood Scars is the next project or do you sort of juggle all these various projects and just sort of well, keep them going? You know, it's funny. I, initially, I was demoing some of these songs to be on the next Diablo record, but, you know, our bass players in Wasp, so they're always all over the world. Um, I, I moved to Vegas, so we're not in L.A. together anymore. And, um, you know, it kind of just fell by the wayside, but we actually just got placed in a movie called Criticize. Um, it's a new horror movie that just came out, and they used like almost three and a half minutes of the song Bury You, which I remember you, you liking that song. You yeah. told me that. Yeah. Um, and uh, and they actually use it during the whole outro credits, so that sort of breathes new breathes some new life into Diablo. Um, I think we're going to probably put out an EP at some point because we've got a lot of songs in the can that just they just need to be finished. And even with with Gilby Clark, who produced our The Return to Psycho California, you know we've got I've got songs over at Gilby's that have like eighty percent done. I just got to go mix them and throw some more guitars on them, and they're done. But you know it's hard when you got one guy touring Slovakia, one guy touring Florida one guy in Canada and, and, you know, it's, 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 it's hard to coordinate everything. And it's also, it's also becomes, you know, it becomes an expense because one thing with Diablo, we, we funded that ourselves. Um, cause we wanted to own everything. We didn't want anyone. That's the nice thing about Hollywood stars too. We don't have anyone telling us what to do. We don't have a label guy going, you know, you should do this chord or sing this lyric here and make this a little shorter, make this a little longer. No, we went in and did it exactly the way we heard it in our heads. And it's, it's ours for better or for worse. If you love it, great. If you hate it, great. It's ours either way, you know? And that's a really, really liberating feeling in the industry these days. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's good to be in charge of your own thing now. Um, yeah, yeah. As we wrap this up here, let, let's talk about the sort of the booking agency, because I, I just find that intriguing. Um, first of all, when a fan says, you know, Quiet Riot hates my town, they don't want to play, the answer is what? Oh, well, here's the answer, and I'll tell you, first, I don't book Quiet Riot. I no, I know that, Quiet but I'm Riot, just saying that as an example. 
Yeah, yeah. No, no, the best example I can give you is Faster Pussycat. Now, I booked them. I booked them almost 90 shows last year all over the world, okay? Um, sometimes there's certain towns like, you know, let's say Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, doesn't have a rock club that's paying real money and there's not a big rock scene there. So, you know what? We don't go there. It's not that we don't want to. It's not that they hate Myrtle Beach. It's that Myrtle Beach isn't booking it. I will book a band on Pluto if they're going to pay the guarantee and get them there and back safely, okay? If Pluto's got to want to book the show, though. Like, I can't... We, the band nor the agent dictates where they're going to play. It's all about we, we decide we're going to leave, where the bus is going to leave Hollywood on June 1st and come back on August 15th, and we're going to circle the country this way, and we're going to go to Canada, we're going to come back down to Michigan, blah, 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 blah. And I just take out a map, and I, I try to find shows a couple hundred miles apart in certain markets, and some markets bite, and some markets don't. I mean, if we had our way, we'd play every night of the year. I mean, they, those guys yes. are road warriors. And, and, and I always find... Whenever I book a tour, I always like to announce everything at once. So I'll put like 50 shows up, right, on my Facebook, and I'll have Faster Pussycat put it up, you know, have Timmy put it up on his Facebook, and the Faster Pussycat Facebook, of course. And then immediately it's t- 100 comments. Well, how come you're not playing Wichita? Or how come you're not right. playing here? Like, Which just drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. I literally get to the point where like, you people don't understand. We want to play everywhere, but it's not that everywhere. A, a, a lo- it's not about even them wanting the band. It's about they're not even being a proper venue or there was a venue and they just went out of business, but they went belly up and I'm afraid to book with a new promoter that I don't know, because the last thing you want to do is have the band get all the way to Wichita only to find out they're not getting paid. So which by the way happens a lot and it's terrible. Oh, and it's getting worse and worse because, you know, promoters nowadays think they can post it on post the show on Facebook and that's considered advertising. You got to do radio. You got to do press. You got to do print. You got to you got to sponsor ads on Facebook and Twitter. You know you can't just throw it up on your Facebook page that has seven hundred followers and expect to sell out. It doesn't work that way anymore. No, it doesn't. You know you got to do. And and my bands, I make sure I put in the contract. The band is ready and willing to do a meet and greet, radio. You name it, they'll be there. You want to do like an appearance at a record store or something, whatever. But they got to set the promoter needs to set it up. It's not my job. It's not the band's job. So. When, when bands don't come to certain towns, a lot of times it's because they've had, you know, the past, um, the numbers haven't been good for other rock bands and promoters are gun shy to book other, you know, it's like, for example, if, if uh, LA Guns or Warrant goes through and they don't have a good night, they're going to be gun shy to book the next round that comes through because they lost money or, or they were, or in other cases, if LA Guns and Warrant come through and they pack the place out, they're going to want to book all of them. You know, you know, there's an old saying, a, a good promoter is a good promoter until he isn't a good promoter anymore. So right. you need to always keep an eye on that. And I take a lot of pride in the fact that, you know, the bands, the company that I work with, we make sure all the T's are crossed and all the I's are dotted before anybody goes anywhere. Because there's nothing worse than getting that three o'clock in the morning phone call saying we just got ripped off for two grand or whatever, you know. So yeah, and, and I hear those I've been, stories I've, I've been the on the other end of it, too, you know. Yeah, and and, and 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 it drives me crazy because I don't understand why you would book. I know a lot of promoters, the the sort of up and dumb ones that come, they figure like, well, like you said, we'll throw it on Facebook and 500 people will show up and by the time the band shows yeah. up, we'll have the money and it's like 30 people show up and they go, oh shit, we didn't get the money that we yeah, thought no, was going to. No, like, no, <laughs> if, you, if you don't have the money the day you book the show in your bank account don't book the show yeah but that's not how it works up and, and yeah no it doesn't work though but a lot of guys you know it's like a house of cards you know they think they're gonna 
you know, and it's sad because it, it ultimately the bands get blamed for it, not the promoter, not the agent. The bands take the heat when, well, you know, I mean, you don't go on stage till you get paid, and guess what? We we love to play for you guys tonight, but this guy here didn't have our money, so we got to go. You know, yeah. I mean, it's still it's 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 the it's a fun business, but it's still a business. Yeah, and see, and that's why I think it's important for us to talk about it. And and just I'll, I'll, I'll once again just give you my example is, you know, there's a the bar in Ottawa that opened up, and they're booking a lot of the bands like Faster Pussycat. Mm-hmm. And every time I'll put it up on my Facebook, the first thing that mm-hmm. people will do in the comments is, "Well, why do they hate Montreal?" Blah blah. It's like, yeah, because We're nobody here's buying. Montreal. Nobody here's buying it. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Believe me, if I could, if I knew of a venue in Montreal, I would happily book it. Yes, of course. I mean, you you want you know, a three but, show you know, run. You want yeah. Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto, or, well, you know, or and New I'll, York, and, and especially with Canada. I'll tell you, a lot of bands don't want to go there for one or two shows. They want to go and do a solid week of Canadian dates. Is getting the paperwork and the work visas. It's a pity, yeah, you know. It is, you know. And you want if you're going to cross the border, make it, you know, make hay while the sun shines while you're there. Do as much as you can. You can't just do one show. I mean, God, God bless Steve with the rock pile and. The brass monkey up there, and the, uh, with the bur- is it the Bourbon Street? Is that that's the new one in Ottawa now? Uh, Bourbon is Street's the- gone now. It's it's the brass monkey in Ottawa. You've got the, brass the rock monkey pile in, Ottawa, yeah. in uh, Toronto. Uh, rock pile, yes. You know, unfortunately, I'd love to tell you which ones in in Montreal, but there really isn't any. No, I, I you know what? I, I, <laughs> There's catacombs. I'm a booking but... agent. I'm constantly looking for one, and I connect. You know, it's always like. Either they don't want to pay the right amount of money or they're going to take a stupid amount of taxes out. And there's so many variables that fans don't understand. And, and, and I want to be as nice as possible because I don't expect, I expect to understand what they do for a living in and out. But they need to like not think the band is against them because they're not coming to their little town. It's like, look, man, we'll play. The band, those guys will play anywhere at the end of the week. We just got to make sure, A, it makes sense. It's not 700 miles out of the way. And B, you know, it's going to be a solid show with a good turnout and, and decent money, and they're going to take care of the band, and they're not going to put them at a crack house hotel. And you know, there's so many variables that go into it. You know. Yeah, and 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 we'll I'll I'll wrap up on that. It's just like the promoter in Montreal has always said, yeah, we want to book these bands, blah blah blah, but they only make the money on ticket sales because they actually don't own yeah. the bars. They don't have any of the blues and the food. That's yeah. right. Whereas the Brass Monkey and the Rock Pile and other bands like yeah. They get the money. They they will lose on the tickets, but they'll make it on the back, and so they're happy to book. You know, and it's anyway. Fans are fans are. Ah, they hate us. Oh yeah. Well, you know, you know. Also, social media gives everybody a voice, which is cool. But it's also like now you got to answer to everybody. Right. I I always dread posting <clears throat> a, a big chunk of days because I know the first thing that's going to happen is everyone's going to complain we're not coming to your town. Or the best is when they don't even read the dates. Go. How come you're not playing in Pittsburgh? It's like, dude. Seven shows down. Look, we're playing in Pittsburgh. Read the dates. Yeah, read the dates. You know, and, and, <laughs> they're and, so quick to assume we're not going there. You know, and you see, you're actually booking the shows, and you can make it happen. When I post a date, just as a reporter, and they say, "Well, Mitch, why aren't yeah. they?" It's like, what do you want me to do about it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How, how, how are you going to answer that question? All you do is get you get an email with the dates in it, and you post them. That's it. Yes, that's you that's know? my job. And, and you know what? All I do is get the offers, and I, I bring them to the band, and the band says, yes, 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 no, yes, no, no, yes, yes, no. And I go, okay. Yeah. And I go back to the promoter. They go, okay, you're approved. You're approved. They are going to pass on this one. And there's always, like I said, a bunch of different variables that people don't understand. I mean, you know, I always say, well, how come Quiet Riot, you know, they post on my Facebook, how come Quiet Riot's not playing in France? Well, when France wants to book it, we'll be there. Yeah, exactly. So call our agent, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
And, 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 and it's funny with, with your with your information being out there and being so accessible. People, I get I get emails from like angry fans cursing me out because Band A is not coming to their town this summer. I'm like, what What do you think I am? I'm like, I, I you think I have a little a genie in a bottle. I can just rub it and they're going to book a show. You yeah, know well, why is Quiet Riot not playing Melbourne this weekend? It's like, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you uh, huh? sussed out the price of airline tickets to uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Australia this week? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. um, it's it, off show, you know, you know, take a puddle jumper there, right? You know. Yeah, well, we'll play there on the Saturday, and we'll be in Tokyo yeah. on the Sunday. Well, of course, makes yeah, total yeah. sense. And then, and then we'll be, yeah, then we'll go up to uh, Seattle on Saturday on, on Monday. <laughs> on yeah, the way back, exactly. yeah. On the um, way back, yeah. What else? What else, though? Other than that, those logistical things that fans don't think of, and you can't always blame them for not thinking of it. You sort of have to be no, in the business no, no, to understand it. What are not some of the other responsibilities that you do? And so, what are some of the bands? Now, you mentioned Faster Pussycat. Who else are you sort of working with? Oh, I mean, I mean, I, I merged my company with a, with a company called Big Time Entertainment, and um, they're, they're out of Los Angeles. And we book um, Vince Neil, Queensryche, uh, Great White, Slaughter, Striper. Um, and then we have some, some smaller bands like Bang Tango, and we have Pussycat, Mike Tramp of White Lion. And we, we, we have a good, I'd say we have about 75 or 80% of the genre right now. Wow, that's um, great. So, so you're it, basically. Well, we're, we're one of them, you know. I mean, it's, we're trying. And, you know, what I do is because I divide my time between creating music, playing music, and booking music, I like to pick two or three bands that I focus on and sort of make them my, I'm the responsible agent for them. Like mainly Mike Tramp, Faster Pussycat, Divi Reed, Steven Adler. You know, I, I, I deal with them. I'm the day-to-day for them. So if someone calls for an Adler show, not that he's playing shows right now, but when they do, they would call, they have, the, the office would have him call me here in Vegas, and I would suss it out with them because I have their routing. I constantly have routing sheets going where I know where everyone's going to be, you know, who's got a wedding to go to, who's, you know, who's, who's available, who isn't. So I can sort of really suss that out for them. And, um, you know, we kind of delegate the responsibility out, be it regionally or or by by artist, you know, but we have a uh, we have a lot. You know, if you go to bigtimeinc.com, b i g g two g, you'll see a lot of um, you know we're booking a lot of stuff. So yeah, you know, and by the way, you, you mentioned Mike Tramp. He he's got a new album that's coming out soon that I have called Maybe Tomorrow. It is yes, really it, it is solid. It is a solid oh, solid album. It's um, uh, you know, it's just a good chunk of melodic rock. I mean, it really, it's just a fun yeah. album. You know, he he's one of the one of the one one of the artists in the genre that sort of evolved rather than than you know he 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 kind of matured doing the acoustic thing, and I noticed like he can sit there with an acoustic guitar and a microphone and entertain people for two hours. I yeah. don't know too many guys that can do that, you know. No, it, it, I mean, it, in fact, he, I, I can only think of two. Him, him and John Karabi are the only two that I think are 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 worth checking out in that. Sort of. I just, I just actually have John Crabby coming up to Canada in uh, this month. In fact, actually. at the at the Brass Monkey uh, and and at the Rock yeah. Pile on and March fourteenth yeah, yeah. and fifteenth. We booked we we booked those shows. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be fun. So, I'll, I will be at both of them, or not. I'll, I'll be at at the shows. I should say. Call me if you need tickets. So make sure you're taken care of. Not for not for the Brass Monkey. I, I'm I'm persona grata at that place. I can sort of walk right. in and out, and gotcha. it's, it's a good place. Um, uh, and then I'll finish with this with the booking. When you book a John Karabi, when you book a Faster Pussycat and all these other bands, 
How mm-hmm. far in advance are you looking? I mean, are you already looking at 2018 dates? Are you looking 9, 10, 12 months ahead of time? Or is because um, of these bands are smaller, you're looking at a smaller window? It, it depends on, depends on uh, how I put this. It depends on many different things. The, you know, the price of flights, the distance between the shows, and the level of the show. Now, a club date, I'll book six weeks out. A huge festival at the M3 Festival or Rock on the Range or Rock Loma, we'll book that a year out. That'll be, and that'll be what we call the anchor date. And then we'll book a bunch of little shows around it. So it essentially, um, you know, we book it based on the, again, based on the demand. And then we sort of, okay, well, he's doing Rock Loma in July 2018. What's till June in America leading up to it? And then a little bit afterwards, and then fly him in and out of Los Angeles, you know? So we build with what we're given, you know? So... It's, it's really, it, it varies from price to level of show to band's availability to what they want to do, what they don't want to do. I mean, I mean, some guys want to say, you know, they, they'll, they'll go to me and say, you know what, I'm taking 2018 off, just block out the year. I'm going to, I'm going to Hawaii. I need, I got to get away, you know? Right. So, so, so technically yeah, as some, we speak to yeah. each other in here of March, 2017 and M3 hasn't happened yet. It's, it's actually in, in a month from, or in fact, six weeks mm-hmm. from now. You're already looking at M3 2018. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, the bigger festivals, all of them book way in advance because they have to. They have to secure the sponsors and get the ad mat done and put tickets on sale way in advance. You know, the the bigger shows are like that. But the nice thing is once you know where that big show is going to be, you can put the routed dates around it, you know, and then you can build it, you know. Like, it's it's almost like a foundation, you know. Right. And then you can, of course, uh, ignore uh, Myrtle Beach because you don't like playing there. Right. That, that. What's that? <laughs> and I said, no, you know, actually, I love, I love, I love Myrtle No, of course Beach, you actually. do. But it, it, it's down to the fans' perception of they're not playing here. Yeah. Oh, it's, no, yeah. It drives exactly. me crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, anyway. it's so funny. Myrtle Beach has not had a rock club there for about 10 years. I have not played Myrtle Beach in about 10 years. They had a house of blues there. Yeah, it's a, so, it's, you know. it's, it's a great place, but it, it's, you know, it, you, you go where the money is. And there you go. Uh, you know, Hollywood Scars, of course, is, is out now. And, uh, Road Rage is coming soon, right around the M3 Festival. In fact. Yeah, April 21st, I believe, is the day, yes. So uh, there will be uh, a lot more of uh, everything coming. So uh, looking forward to it. And yep. Always, always, you know always I mean, a pleasure. And, 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 yeah, yeah, just, you know, everything gets posted at alexcrossmusic.com. And, uh, you know, that's updated twice, twice to three times a day with all my links and, you know, what I'm doing with every band I'm in and, who I'm booking and whatnot. So it's got www.alexstrassymusic.com and uh, Hollywood Scars is available on iTunes and Amazon right now. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, it's just uh, keep on keeping on, you know, doing this, doing my thing. And I'm very, very grateful to still be doing this at, at my at my age, if you will. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know. Aren't we all, uh, even, even interviewing yeah. is still uh, at this age, is like, shouldn't I get a real job, do something more? Substantial. Yeah, what's a real job? <laughs> but you know, the rock and roll keeps you young, and, uh, and and on that, I've got some big news coming up uh, in the rock and roll stuff too. But there you go. Always a pleasure, and hopefully, um, Quiet Riot will uh, find its way up to Canada at some point this uh, this year or next. I, I actually, we, I think we have a show in Ontario coming up. I, I go to quietriot.band, and mm-hmm. also the movie has been great for us. Check out quietriotmovie.com. Um, yeah, that that movie, by the way, was great. We should have maybe talked oh. about that, but that was what a well put together documentary. It just, just yeah, no, you know, it, it's funny. I lived it, so when I watched it, I'm like, oh yeah. I mean, it wasn't scripted. It wasn't anything more than than 
them following us around. And what you see on that screen is exactly what happened. I mean, it's, it, it, you know, I mean, it wasn't always fun changing our fingers and whatnot, but it made for a pretty good story. And ultimately, the movie's been a great tool. And I thought, I think Regina, who did the movie, who directed and produced yeah. it and everything, did a phenomenal job. Right down to the, the animation and, you know, telling both sides of the story, like the backstory and the current story and the future story, you know? So it's, it's, it's actually very, um, it was actually nice. It's actually nice to watch too, because I can still see Kevin and and get that hear that little laugh of his and whatnot, you know. Yeah, and and I do have to say, the way that they treated sort of Mark Huff and and Scott in the movie, I thought was very fair, very balanced. You know, well, you know, fair and balanced like Fox News. But I just thought that yeah. you could have just slammed them and said all kinds of nonsense, and yet no, it didn't, no, no, okay. and that was very no, it, uh, it, it, tasteful. No, you know, you know, it was very, it was just matter of fact. I mean, everything you see there is exactly what happened. I mean, you know, I mean, when you have a YouTube of someone's, you know, a song being screwed up or whatever, it's that, that's what happened. I mean, we, you can't take that stuff. I mean, you know, and it is, you know, it is what it is. I hate to use the old cliche, but that's what happened. You know, it's not like we scripted it out or anything like that. I mean, that's, you know, like, like when, when Frankie first presented the movie to us, he goes, we're going to do it warts and all, meaning the good, the bad, the ugly, you know? You know, it's not like one of these glossed over behind the music where everything's perfect. I mean, we, you know, we we got into just the stuff that really happened. And, you know, rock and roll ain't always pretty and ain't always fair. But you know what? That's what makes it rock and roll. Yep, that's what it should be. Uh, always a pleasure. Yep. Thank you, sir. And uh, we will see you on the road. Thank you, my friend, Mitch. I'll talk to you soon. And I look forward to seeing the link to this interview. I'll post it all over. Great. Thank you. Cheers now. Thanks, buddy. Bye. Bye-bye. And there you have it, folks, my interview with Alex Grossi of Quiet Riot. The new Quiet Riot album is called Road Rage and Hollywood Scars, the maps to the Hollywood Scars featuring James Durbin, formerly of American Idol. There you go. Uh, that's it. Please uh, check me out at Mitch LaFon or simply, or on Twitter, I should say, or simply Google Mitch LaFon. There's a, there's a lot of stuff out there. Uh, there you go. Bye for now. Cheers. <laughs>